If you could be a food, what food would you be and why? I'd be a grilled cheese. Okay, next question. Mm. Isaac, is this why? the second? Everybody loves a good grilled cheese. It's yes. perfectly golden. It makes you happy. It's warm, but it's hard to perfect a perfect grilled cheese. It's actually, okay. Well. That is going in the podcast 100%. Top of the morning to you, or afternoon or evening, whenever you may be listening, my name is Scotty, I am the host of this podcast called Chip Time, and we are back for another episode. Today is Thursday, June 10th, and I'm a liar. We can start it right there. I am a liar. I said we probably wouldn't have any more episodes going up during the NCAA championships. Then, guess what happened? I watched the men's 10K final last night, and I immediately was like, I need to hop back on the mic. And we're going to have a nice smorgasbord going on today. It is certainly a little more lighthearted than last episode. If the intro was any spoiler on that, we've got a nice short and sweet interview, which kind of goes a little all over the place, but it is vaguely tied to the heart of this program. So that enjoyed putting that together, which mostly was editing some things out. But hey, we got that sandwiched in the middle. Bookending that, I'm going to be recapping the men's 10K. We'll see how I did with my predictions. And then we'll be transitioning to runners you need to know. This time highlighting BYU's Courtney Wayman who will be in the steeplechase prelim in just about an hour from when I am recording. So when I get these predictions in, it will be just before the steeplechase kicks off. So scouts honor on that. I'm not doing any peeking at results, okay? Only heat sheets. So before we get into the men's 10K recap, I do want to expand upon down weeks. Since I am in a down week right now, I mentioned that I'm going to be taking this month of June a little bit easier on my body, and I just wanted to talk about both what down weeks are designed to do and how I spend them because it goes beyond, it goes a little bit beyond just sitting on a couch for seven days. There, for, there is a little bit more to it than just that. So for me personally, A down week is just as important to refocus mentally as it is to refocus physically and recover physically. So for me, my legs have been definitely the Achilles heel for my last couple speed sessions, whether they be the 5K I just raced, a track session a few weeks ago. It hasn't been my aerobic breathing. It hasn't really been up top, as as I guess you could say, my arm motion. I'm not extremely short of breath when I end reps. It mostly has been my legs being tight, being worn down, not really being as strong in comparison to the aerobic base I've built with my mileage and my long runs. So one benefit of taking a down week, of taking extended time off of running, is you kind of get to reset your legs from a soreness point of view. Am I going to lose some fitness this week? Yes, but it does have the benefit of me starting back fresh, starting back not injured or tight, 
And so, like I said, I'm not on the couch 100%. What I like to do is move around during the day, whether that's taking a walk, playing a round of disc golf, got a nice session in yesterday. Um, I played softball with my summer softball team. Shout out to the boys. Almost got the dub. Bottom of the last inning. We lost it, but that was against the best team in the league. So solid effort from the boys. So I like to just be active in non-running ways. It gets to a point when you run almost every day like I do, where it can be a grind if you don't stop and take time to refocus a little bit on that bigger picture. So with that being said, my process, be active during the day, walk around, be on the legs, but stay off the pavement, the trails, the track, the mileage. It's not a perfect formula. doesn't have to be seven days. You can run every other day and, and take days off. You can take four days off, whatever you want to do. Um, I'm actually planning to probably run a couple times this week, maybe three days this week. But I did decide after that race that a full down week would probably be good for me physically and also mentally because I was at the risk after not having the performance I was looking for of starting to ask those questions. Oh gosh, do I need to tweak my speed training? Do I need to increase miles because my legs didn't carry me through the end of that race? Do I need to decrease miles because my legs tightened up so much? And when you start asking those questions and you don't even have a race lined up, we got to remind ourselves, people, we're not professionals. We're doing this for fun. We're doing this to be a part of the great community that I highlighted after our race. And that's what the down week is for. You got to enjoy life beyond running. And that is what I'm doing. I'm doing my darndest. And the last perk, the down week is getting to, you know, have a couple cheat meals um, I'm not extremely well-versed in nutrition, but while I am training uh, more, more intensely for whatever it is, a race, or just to build my aerobic base in general, um, I do get you know a pasta dish every week, and chicken and rice is, is a common one for me to get the protein, to get obviously some more uh, grains with the rice as well, get some veggies there. And so this week I've been taking a break from that as well and enjoying just kind of just kind of going to town on whatever. So that is why down weeks are important. You got to enjoy your life. You got to enjoy your summer and balance that with running. So getting back to the main entree of the show last night, less than 24 hours ago, we had the men's 10,000 meters and it was a crazy race. It was much different than I predicted. And let me just start here. Patrick Deaver of Tulsa was our 10,000 meter champion. And embarrassingly enough, he is someone who I did not highlight. So we can start there um, just running through the All-Americans here. So we had Deaver of Tulsa winning. We had Connor Mance of BYU second. He is who I selected as the winner. We had Abdi Nur third of NAU. I had him fifth. We had Robert Brandt of Georgetown fourth. That was where I predicted him, so I got one right on the nose. 
Eric Hamer of Colorado State, 5th. Alex Masai of Hofstra, 6th. Charles Hicks of Stanford, 7th. And Adrian Wildschut of Florida State, 8th. So those were our All-Americans. And part of the reason this was such a crazy race, in my opinion, is we had all eight of those men under 2750. That is extremely fast. And the former NCAA meet record for the NCAA championships was slower than the 10th place runner ran last night. So 10 men under the former meet record, two men, think about that, two men under the former meet record who did not get all American honors. And I need to address the two men in my top five prediction who were not all Americans. Let's start with Wesley Kiptu. We'll start with Wesley Kiptu because he was a very pivotal member in how this race proceeded. So Kiptu, I predicted third place. He was not an All-American. And as I expected, he did take the race out first. He set his own pace. He was going out quick, but he wasn't as aggressive as he was in the 5K races we've seen him in. So he was a little more conservative for the 10,000 meters, and but he did a lot of the work. And I think there was some shock when around, it was a little over halfway through the race, maybe 6K, Alex Masai of Hofstra overtook him for the lead. Masai, very similar to Kiptu, is a pace pusher, but he runs for a smaller conference. So he's used to just being by far the fastest runner in the field, and he's used to leading from the front. And it hasn't worked out for him great in the past, but he was an All-American in cross-country this year. So he's starting to figure out when to turn on the Jets a little bit. And I will say, once he moved up on Kip 2 and started increasing the pace, I could could at least sense. It's not like Kip 2 looked panicked or shocked, but I could sense that he was a little bit confused out of his element because he's so used to leading races wire to wire so Masai moves to the front and I should also mention there was a pack of runners with these guys the majority of the race there was a pack of anywhere from 12 to 15 guys of the 24 total um, through 5k and beyond and when we got to about well, I'll, I'll, I'll move forward a little bit before the last 600 meters, which was the most exciting part. Uh, Kip 2 ended up taking the lead back for a little bit. So Mance was up there. Kip 2, Masai, a couple of these other guys. Wildshoot was up there. Of course, the pack. Uh, Brant was up there too. And ultimately, after Kip 2 took it back, Masai regained the lead with around 2K to go. It was like 1 or 2K to go. And once he took it back at that point, Kip 2 did not hang. It, I've never seen him burn out before. That's why I predicted him third. I said he's going to take it out hard, but we've never seen the guy blow up before. And he could not hang after those surges were thrown in by Alex Masai. So here's where it gets crazy. 600 meters to go. 
Uh, Connor Mance and Robert Brandt move up. So they are in the first and second position. And there is still a pack of a lot of guys going with them. And ultimately, we hear the bell, 400 meters to go. Connor Mance positions himself well. He's in the lead. He's the favorite. He's the reigning cross-country national champion. And as they round the track, he's in first, Branson second, and there is a crew of dudes right there just, just smacking their lips, ready to kick their final sprint. And we get to the last 100 meters. Mance is kicking hard. Brant is kicking hard. Patrick Deaver of Tulsa is moving up inside position, lane one. Abdi Nur of NAU unleashes a lethal kick. Eric Hamer of Colorado State catches Masai, so he got fifth. And Brant had just enough to hold off Hamer. Mance had just enough to hold off Nur, but it was Patrick Deaver who had the most lethal kick at the end of the race and got the win. And I'm a little embarrassed I didn't bring him up in the preview. Of course, I know who he is, but the reason I didn't is he has been so much more successful in cross country than the oval. He was the guy who broke up that NAU pack of four runners at the cross country national championships this year. So Nico Young and I think it was only Nico Young beat him. And then Deaver was fifth overall. And then Nur, Farrow, and Grijalva were after that. So he closed exceptionally, exceptionally well in the cross-country championships and brought that power to the 10K as well. I have two more things to bring up before we transition here. Number one is very important, a uh, big part of the race, which is mustaches win championships. Connor Mance, we brought up the stash in the preview. He was the cross-country national champion with the stash, did not have the stash last night. Patrick Deaver, stash. And I can say from personal experience, mustaches get PRs. I ran my fastest 1500 meter time ever when I had a mustache. Very important. It is science. It is undisputed. And hey, it just cost Connor Mance a championship by less than a second. Just about eight-tenths of a second. Got to grow that back out, man. And the other thing I have to say is a beef with the ESPN family and networks. I mentioned something with last episode about a good news, bad news, is that it's with the ESPN family of networks. Three commercial breaks in this race. Three commercial breaks. A championship race where these men, and in tonight's events, women, have worked their entire season to get to this stage, and we cut three commercial breaks out of it for anywhere from three, three and a half minutes of elapsed time. That's about a third of the race that we didn't get to watch because they had to get some ad rev, and... I mean, the announcer, they're, they're just unapologetic about it, too. Like, I think the third one, if anyone else was listening, you probably heard him say something like, all right, we got to step aside to pay the bills real quick, but we'll be right back. And I'm like, man, 
we are like six or seven K into this thing. You got to leave it on. Are you kidding me? We're missing a kilometer every time you guys go to commercial break. So I was upset about that. I was even more upset that they cut away during the steeplechase because those events are like eight to 10 minutes and you can't give that uninterrupted. There is no uh, uninterrupted stream they have available. You have to watch on ESPN2 or ESPNU and they cut to commercials like crazy as a distance runner. I, oh gosh, my toes are curling. I'll, t- I'll tell you that much. I am riled, which means my toes are curling. So not happy about that, but it is what it is. At least we got to see the finish. <laughs> At least they didn't cut away from that. I don't know why they have to do that. Uh, when, when soccer games are televised, they get the full 45-minute half uninterrupted. But for some reason, a nine-minute steeplechase is too long. So shout out ESPN, uh, kind of a kind of a negative shout out there. But let me tell you, we're switching gears a little bit. We're switching gears. There's a lot of NCAA talk right now. We're going to be previewing another event later. But before that, why don't you guys strap on your seatbelts? You're going to get to know uh, someone who's been a friend of mine for a long time, Okay. Uh, about five days as of this recording, longtime friend, we had a live audience for the first time in a chip time interview. So let's get to the exclusive inside story of Morgan. Travis Barker's dating a Kardashian. Yeah, it, it means everything. The only good Kardashian is Kendall. Everybody knows that. Really? Why is that? Because she hasn't had any plastic surgery yet. Star asterisk. Okay. Yet. Um, How have you confirmed this? Um, What's your source? At least it's the most least noticeable. She's definitely gotten like some lip injections, but nothing too fancy. That's for sure. Okay. So switching gears a little bit. To your running background. Oh boy. We're joined by a very special guest. Morgan is here on the podcast. Hello. And she is an avid runner, a former collegiate athlete, and I'm assuming probably a star collegiate athlete in her high school class of 32. Yes, absolutely. So where did this star-studded journey begin? Oh boy. And we've got a live audience for this one. Which is not Lord. necessary. <laughs> wow, where did my where did my You're career start? Right. My my running career or just my athletic career? Athletic career. Oh, you know, back in the day, star soccer player. Oh yeah, middle school was in all of them. High school, you what know. What position in soccer? Oh, midfielder for sure. Um team player. Team player for sure. Gotta play both ends of the ball for sure. Um, no, high school, definitely a star basketball player, um, but couldn't quite make it to Northwood as a D2 player, so settled for the cross-country and track team. Settled. Settled, absolutely. I don't really like that tone of my, voice. My passion wasn't there, but I was happy to be there, if that makes sense. So I worked really hard to be part of it and be a team contributor my freshman year for sure. 
Um, lost a little bit of the passion moving into my sophomore year, but I enjoyed it while I was there. I'm glad I did it. Learned a lot, met a lot of good people. Well, even before Northwood, your oh, high man. school career. My high school career. You want to talk about that? Open that yearbook up, huh? Did you enjoy the distance running scene then? No, <laughs> I liked the people. Um, my freshman year, I got that's to run, important. I got to run with my sister. She was a senior, so I ran with her. Um, did not run my sophomore or junior year of high school. My high school or my senior year of high school, I ran with like three of my best friends. Um, like the only people I talked to from high school still. And then track, I don't really remember, honestly, it's kind of a blur, but I enjoyed that part of it. I didn't train anything seriously, but I trained enough to be able to make a story for myself, to be able to persuade, to be able to persuade myself enough for Coach Phillips to let me join the team. So you joined the team, absolutely star-studded career. How was the transition from the 5K in high school to the 6K in college cross country? Honestly, not, much, not that much of a difference. Like, it's an Approximately K. one kilometer. Yeah. I think the biggest adjustment is just knowing what's a good time. Like, as bad as that sounds, um, my sister ran. Were you in the upper echelon of the Northwood group? Yeah, my freshman year I was. PR'd every race. But ultimately decided to walk away while on top just like Michael Jordan did. Oh man, who's the better Michael? MJ, who's the better MJ? Michael Jackson, Michael Jordan? Trick, trick question, Michael Johnson, US track and field, 200, 400 meter record holder. Amen to that. Um, no, I walked away because I was unhappy with my team and I, my heart wasn't in it anymore and I just, it wasn't the best decision for me. But I, I sometimes regret that decision because I feel like I have an untapped potential. Ooh. But probably never going to get back in that position to compete again. Well, I think this is a good opportunity to transition to today's day and age. Oh, hobby jogger Morgan over here with her fanny pack. Where fanny pack Morgan is very active on the Strava scene, ruffling feathers, leading... Her golden retriever to a 5K PR. Oh, I know. Luna ran her first 5K about two weeks ago. She's a nine-month-old puppy, and I know. I just carried her through it. She did great. I think great. we see some potential in coaching here. Ooh, no. Nope. Oh, I do love kids, You though. motivated this retriever <laughs> to run 5,000 meters <laughs> with a smile on her face. <laughs> she was dead after her. She napped all day. I can tell you, she, she's not smiling me? Yeah. Yeah, I do not smile on runs. <laughs> I enter retirement about every other week. So what makes you want to retire from the sport? Because A hard it hurts. run? It hurts. No, he doesn't. He went to Kentucky. And he didn't even start. Um, <laughs> I do not smile on runs because I'm always in pain. I think a good full circle question is, is there anything about running that you like? Uh, that's a good question. <laughs> I enjoy it. I enjoy it for the most part. Sometimes I have to ground myself and remember why I do it, but I enjoy it. I enjoy how I feel afterwards. I like... Sense of accomplishment. This, the biggest sense of accomplishment I've had is when I ran 20 miles for my 21st birthday. 
That was that was a peak. That was probably like one of the happiest times I've ever had running. That and don't know why I always remember this, but indoor freshman year I ran a 76 second PR in the 5K, which was amazing. And then one time in cross country after freshman year, after the MSU meet, I ran six miles with Coach Wilk, and in doing that, I PR'd in a mileage run. Those are like top tier moments for me for sure. Well, if that isn't the content the people were looking for, I don't know what you're looking for. All right, uh, hand up. Had a couple pops before that one slash during that one. You know, maybe a little seven up, just uh, as the kids say. Couple pops before that interview, but it was the start of the down week. So you gotta live life. And shout out to Luna again for that 5K PR. Uh, she will one day be one of the runners you need to know. So look forward to that. But we're transitioning back to the NCAA scene for today's runner you need to know. Courtney Wayman of the BYU Lady Cougars. And BYU, what an absolutely loaded roster they have on the distance scene, men's and women's. But I would say especially women's. Their team is the reigning cross-country national champions. And they did not have the runner we're highlighting today. They did not have Courtney Wayment because she was out of cross-country eligibility this year. So that just shows you how deep the team is, that the runner I'm highlighting today was not even on this year's national championship team. So Courtney Wayman is a senior from Layton, Utah, who is majoring in exercise and wellness. Sounds like a great fit for a chip time guest at some point. What better way to major in exercise than by running cross-country, am I right? So she was an NXN All-American in high school. For those that don't know, that is Nike Cross-Country Nationals. It is one of the biggest meets in high school. Some people argue that Foot Locker Nationals is more competitive, but they are both just meets that get the, the best of the best from all different states and regions of high schoolers. And so being able to be put on the map at that point shows, it's interesting to see years later where some of these runners end up. So little fun fact before we dive into the cross country and track talk, Courtney Wayman is married like the majority of the BYU women's team. I mean, it's, it is crazy how many hyphenated last names you see you got lauren ellsworth barnes you got anna camp bennett and and i mix up the order of the last names sometimes so apologies if i mess that up but she is now courtney wayman smith and let me just say as a former college dude that would be a little intimidating to go to a school like that where the the young women are ready to be wifed up i mean I, I was known for just cracking jokes, but you go to BYU, man, you got to have a ring in your pocket. So shout out Courtney Wayman. Uh, congrats on the husband and moving into her historic, well, maybe not historic, but a very accomplished career starting on the cross country scene. She is a two time all American. That is not easy to do. 
That is not easy to do, to put it all together at a championship race, but as a junior in 2018, and then as a senior in 2019, she finished fifth place in 2019. And I talked about with Ellie Hennis, that upper echelon getting in that top 10, that is the elite of the elite. So shout out for that. Moving into the indoor track, I did mention this, I think, when I was talking about Ellie Hennis as well, that Courtney Wayman is, she had an unbelievable indoor track year, and she's having a great outdoor track year. She was, I would say, going into this year, probably known as a stronger cross-country runner than, than indoor or outdoor track runner. But this year, she has gone to another level. She was the national champion at the 3K, and she anchored the distance medley relay to a national championship as well. So unbelievable indoor season. She went sub-9 in the 3K. I believe it was 8.54, which is cooking. And beyond that, in outdoor track, this is where it gets interesting. Okay, this is where it gets interesting Her last outdoor season, which was 2019, of course, we didn't have an outdoor track season last year, she contested the 5K as her top event. When she was a sophomore, she was a steeplechaser, but she transitioned to the 5K last year, or last outdoor season, and didn't make it out of the regional championships. She did not make it to nationals. And... To now be someone who's a national champ in a distance event, it is a pretty big leap to make. So this year, this is where it gets crazy. 2021 outdoor season, she goes back to that steeplechase that she ran three years ago uh, in 2018, goes back to the steeplechase, and earlier this year, runs an insane time that is very rare to see in the steeple scene. She runs 9.31 in the 3K steeplechase, which is the number five all-time NCAA Division I mark. Only four women have beat that time ever in the NCAA. And I am going to read off these names because these are somewhat recent athletes but one, or you may be expecting one name that is not among these. So we'll go from four to one. Number four, we have Colleen Quigley, who since graduating has been uh, a national champion, a U.S. national champion beyond the NCAA. Number three, we have Jenny Simpson, who I will be doing a Jenny Simpson bio at some point for being one of my favorite runners of all time. Next up, we have Emma Coburn at number two. Emma Coburn, who, did she get the silver medal at 2017 World Championships, I believe? Emma Coburn, an insanely decorated runner. Maybe she won Worlds that year, so so my apologies. I think she might have got silver or bronze at the last Olympics and then won the world title. So Emma Coburn at number two. And then we have Courtney Frerichs who is with the Bowerman Track Club now, and she has the all-time mark, and she medaled right behind Emma Coburn in those 
Olympics or World Championships. Again, I can, the 2016-2017 kind of blurs together for me, but some incredible steeplechasers. So to see that mark from Wayman after not contesting the event for a couple years is absolutely insane. And the last thing I'll bring up before transitioning to a preview of this women's steeplechase, which let me check my watch, it's in about 40 minutes. The prelim, <laughs> I was going between prelims and preliminaries there. The preliminaries are in about 40 minutes. So these are valid picks that you're about to get. The last thing I need to bring up is guess what? When she ran that 931, the woman who was third place at the last national championships in 2019, Hannah Steelman was in that race, and Courtney Wayman beat her by about 15 seconds. She kind of gapped her. And that I will park that statement right there. We are a pro Hannah Steelman podcast. Happy belated birthday, by the way. Uh, she was feeling 22 yesterday, per the Insta-G's. And let me just say, we, we're just going to leave it there. We're going to leave it there. It was one race. <laughs> but from Courtney Wayman's point of view, that was a dominant victory. So now it is time. Now it is time to lock in my picks. And I thought that men's 10K was going to, or the men's 1500 rather, was going to be the last event I was going to preview. So it is getting me excited to make some picks and watch these races in in not too not too long from now so the first name i need to bring up at the top of the heat sheet is gabrielle jennings so we had in both the east and west region there were three different heats of the steeplechase if i am correct so from that we had the um, automatic qualifiers and we had the time qualifiers Listen to, I think, episode three is the one when I explain how those qualifications occur. The reason I bring that up is in Gabby Jennings' heat, she dusted the field running a 940, and she looked pretty darn comfortable doing it. Out of all of the runners, Courtney Wayman included, I felt like Gabby Jennings looked the most comfortable in the regional finals and not only that but I have to bring this up too that she was the ninth place finisher in the 2019 outdoor national championships so she has a chip on her shoulder she was one place out from all American so talk about chip time we got chips on shoulders here the next one I need to bring up is Charlotte Prouse of New Mexico. A lot of buzz for Prouse maybe being the national champ here because she is the second place finisher from 2019 national championships. So we got Prouse in this race. She was number two. We have Hannah Steelman in this race, who I mentioned. She won her heat at the regional championships, and she was third at 2019. And who was the winner in 2019? Let me let me check my notes. Nope, don't need them. It was Allie Ostrander, the runner who I was admittedly a little bit surprised that was not in that top four all time. 
which just goes to show you, Courtney Wayment has run faster in a steeplechase than the triple repeat, whatever you call it, the three-peat national champion, Alio. So that is incredible. We have a couple more names to go through here. We have Abby Kahoot Jackson of Minnesota. She was the Big Ten champ this year. We have Katie Rainsberger of Washington, who, Katie, we have a little bit of beef. Katie was my first pick in our fantasy league this year for indoor and didn't have the greatest of seasons, but she has transitioned to the steeplechase for the first time. She is a runner of taller stature and has been a natural at this event. So Katie Rainsberger has had a very strong season. We also have Summer Allen in this race who has that hashtag mom strength. She has been around the scene seemingly forever. Uh, I believe at least one year has overlapped with when your boy was on the NCAA scene. So that goes to that goes to show you. I got some gray hairs here. Uh, Summer Allen having time off both from the pandemic and also from a maternity season, I guess you could call it. But she is back with a vengeance. She was an All-American in cross country this year and is a beast at the steeple chase. I have two more runners I want to bring up before getting to the predictions. We have the villain. We have Joyce Camelli. I feel bad that I've kind of dubbed her with that name, but we do have her, and she is doing the Alio special. She is doing the 3K, 5K double. So that doesn't really affect this event because both the prelim and the final will be before the 5,000 meters on Saturday. But that is at least got to be in your head when you know you have another 5,000 meters of championship racing. And the last name I want to bring up before getting to the predictions is Mahala Norris. We gave her a shout-out when we gave the full Force of Air a shout-out. I'll do it again here. Shout-out to the Air Force. Thank you for keeping the air safe. And Mahala Norris, who was number four at this year's Cross-Country National Championships, she is, I think she is a dark horse in this one. Maybe not necessarily to win the title, But I could see her getting on that top three in the right position just because she is such an an intelligent racer. She knows when to make the moves. And that is especially important in the steeplechase when you got to get your space to clear every single barrier. All right. You can't be hanging on that rail right on someone's toes or else you won't have room to take off on the barriers and I feel like she is able to, if you're able to maneuver across country course you're able to maneuver the track for the steeplechase so those are just a handful of women in this field uh, if the chip time curse is real then we're going to have some winners who I did not even mention but I am going to lock in my top five Because, gosh darn it, I still have 30 minutes before the prelims. Here we go. In the fifth position, I am going with the villain, Joyce (laughs) Camelli. I need to stop calling her that. That's so mean. Um, 
I call her that because she is someone who surges, she injects pace into races, and then backs off. That is not really a strategy to use in the steeplechase, and we haven't really seen her do that in a steeplechase. I think with this being an event that has run more evenly, coming down to the exhaustion, the last kilometer, can your legs hang in it? Can you keep clearing clearing barriers with good technique? Um, I think she will do well, but I don't think she is going to be in that top three. So I'm going Camelli at number five. Number four, we're going with the birthday girl, Hannah Steelman. I believe, I will admit, of some of the other women in this field, I was not as impressed in the regional rounds, specifically, where she ran 9.57. She has gone over 10 seconds faster than that before. And I'm just going to say, being someone who was an All-American indoor this year in the 5K, she was All-American in cross-country this year, and she was an All-American in the last steeplechase at Outdoor in 2019, I'm not picking against her. I am not making that bet. But as we go to the top three here, this is where I think there's a little separation. I think any of these three could win based on how smooth they looked in those regional rounds and the times they've thrown down this year. So first up at the third position, I've got Charlotte Prouse. And like I said, a lot of people picking her to win this championship and she very well could. I personally just have a little bit more belief in one and two. So it is nothing against her. But let me just say this. I will be shocked if she finishes anywhere below third place. So even though I'm putting her at third, I think it would be more, there's a better chance of her finishing higher than third than there is lower than third. Oh boy, I struggled so much picking the winner between these two athletes. I ended up picking for the win for the gold, Courtney Wayman. It really was that 931, the combination of both the 931 that she ran this year and also being someone who won two indoor national championships this year. I think you pair the championship experience with the talent and that's that's what we gotta we gotta go with the reason i hesitated because i'm sure that pick isn't really a surprise to many people is i am telling you i'm telling everyone listening if you didn't watch gabby jennings looked so smooth in the regional rounds and in her heat she ran that 940 alone no one was keeping up with that no one was really that close and Gabby Jennings threw down that time looking just extremely smooth the whole 3,000 meters. And when that happened, I was legit thinking, like, this is my dark horse pick. Like, I'm going to pick Jennings for the win. But, man, with Wayman winning both of those indoor titles, I got to go with her. So we are going with the runner we highlighted today. Congratulations to the Wayman Smith family <laughs> if uh, if you do win, and it has been a fun event to watch. Now, going to talk a little bit of weather. Yesterday in the men's preliminaries, we had a wet, rainy steeplechase, and people were falling all over the place. 
Ahmed Jaziri of Eastern Kentucky, who is probably the national title favorite, or at least in that top three. Um, Another runner from Northeastern tripped over the final water barrier going into that last 150 meters, and Jaziri had to hurdle that guy to get to the final kick, and he was able to get um, in that top five to advance, to get the automatic uh, advancing. So similar to the regional rounds, what's going to happen here, we'll have two different heats of women. Uh, Yesterday for the men, we had two different heats of men. They each have 12 runners. The top five from each heat will advance. That gives us 10, and then we will have two time qualifiers for a total of 12 runners in the championship. So the word on the street is that Friday is going to be rainy in Eugene. But here's the thing. Yesterday for the men's prelims, there was no rain forecast and we got some big old droplets. So you never know what's going to happen. And of all the events, I would say the steeplechase is the most heavily affected by rain, especially for the water jump. If you don't get a spike on that water jump, it's not going to be good. That's not going to be a good takeoff. And the dudes were flailing around like Magikarp yesterday. It was nuts. So I am hoping for good conditions, but if it's bad conditions, at least it'll be entertaining for me as a fan. Before I get to closing out this episode, I do also have to say uh, of my 1500 meter picks that I made in the last episode, one man has already been eliminated. Unfortunately, Tom Dodd of Michigan, who I picked fifth place, was tripped by Dias Malabena of Nebraska unintentionally. But I will say uh, when the runner in the back clips the foot of the runner in front of them, I am of the belief that the runner in the back is to blame. You got too close. You can't blame someone for like slowing down or having a long stride. So Malabena took him out unintentionally. A little Big Ten on Big Ten crime there. But uh, the other four I have picked have all advanced. Suleiman, Nagus, Hawker, and gosh darn it, I shouldn't have said that without having my picks up because I'm forgetting who else I picked. But anyways, we are transitioning to our final thoughts here. Oh, it was Kip saying, duh. (laughs) We're transitioning to our final thoughts here. And let me just say, first of all, I'm going to continue enjoying this down week. It's a little, it feels a little bit just wrong in the bones to be talking about running while not training this week, but it is a mental refresher. Got my brother's bachelor party this weekend, fired up for that, going to do some kart racing and some other shenanigans, maybe drink a couple more of those 7-Ups. That was pretty good, pretty fun last weekend. (laughs) So pretty fired up for that. Just a reminder to everyone, uh, please leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. If you are one of us millennials, one of us iPhone people, uh, I would really appreciate it. That is a small way that you can potentially be featured 
on the show. And uh, yeah, as I look right now, we have not received any yet, but uh, I'm going to keep putting the bat signal out. But you know what we have received? You know what we have received? One voice message as a uh, kind of review, kind of question, and overall just sharing some support for for me, for, for steering the ship here on this show. So what I am going to do is I am going to play that voice message for you and then deliver my final thoughts. Hey, Scotty, just enjoyed the fifth episode of Chip Time. Um, I'm finding it's most preferable to listen when I'm on the treadmill. So I get the motivation while I'm running to run. And just to let you know how things go, as you were wrapping up episode five, I was just hitting my distance. So it works out just perfectly. I can do two runs with one episode. So um, just thank you for that. Thanks for keeping me motivated. Hey, and we want to hear more about the over 50 crowd, especially the um, record-winning elite athletes in uh, Central Michigan. So if uh, if you've got any of those, uh, we'd love to hear. So thanks for the show, buddy. Well, thank you to that listener for sending in that message. That was over the Anchor app. So anyone interested, you can submit something over the Anchor app for us to play on the air. Uh, you know, it, it was anonymous. That guy sounded kind of like my dad, but uh, it was anonymous, so who knows? Who, who knows who that was? But speaking of the over 50 crowd of runners, shout out to Malcolm Gladwell, uh, the author, if you've heard of him. He, he's done a lot of different things over the years. He is 57 now, and he recently ran a 517 mile. And I believe it was six years ago he went sub five when when he was like 51. So the over 50 crowd has gone to some pretty uh, extreme distances and in, in marks on the track. And that gives your boy here some encouragement for when I hit those ages. Uh, fortunately, you have to multiply mine by two to get there. But gosh darn it. It's going to be here before I know it. So thank you for the message. Thank you all for listening. Keep working hard, and we'll see you next time.